0: Welcome to Context with Advanced Design. Context is a podcast space where laid-back conversations on design, life, and everything in between happen. In this show, we interview experts in our field, but also students, educators, and anyone who's part of the industrial design family. Thank you for tuning in, and here's today's episode.
1: Welcome to another episode of Context with Advanced Design. My name is Hector Silva, and today we have the pleasure of having... Rin Hirotsu, who is a product designer at Hasbro in the Preschool Entertainment brand. Uh, so we're super excited to have her here today. Hi, Rin, how are you doing?
0: I'm doing I'm doing great. Uh, you know, well, considering it's been a week, I think, you know, in the country, but in spite of all of that, uh, doing well, how are you?
1: Fantastic, and I'm doing great. Uh, just to give everyone context about what is going on because at the time of filming this podcast Um we will probably be later in November or even December but we are a couple days well it's been a couple days since the election and I think everyone is pretty stressed out so <laughs>
0: yes wait waiting for those results you know
1: <laughs> exactly and uh, yeah so I have so many things to ask you and a lot of things to talk to you about but yes. a little bit about Rin and I'm sure that you can go um deeper into this but a little bit of her background is she's a graduate of the University of Cincinnati so the famous you know DAP program. Um if you're an industrial designer you know exactly what DAP is and, and the great work and the great students that come out of Cincinnati. And um she now works as a designer at Hasbro. Um and correct me if I'm wrong you are located in the West Coast, right? Yes. Even yeah. though Hasbro is primarily in Rhode Island. So I would love to hear more about that. And yeah, we can get started.
0: Yeah, uh, awesome. So uh, you're correct. Uh, Hasbro's main office is in Pawtucket, Rhode Island. Uh, So I lived in Providence while I was working out there. And I actually just moved from that office this year um, in the middle of June uh, to come move out to LA. Um, I think, you know, as the whole company was transitioning to working remotely, I mean, we've been remote since I want to say like, March, (laughs) it's been almost the whole year at this point. Um, And I think it's removed a lot of stigma around, you know, working remotely and the amount of, you know, effective work that can be done from a distance. Um, And so uh, I ended up being able to move out here to LA and Hasbro also has a a second office in Burbank, uh, which is more like geared towards entertainment, uh, which makes sense considering the location. Uh, so I was able to to come out and so I'm technically working remotely from the Burbank office, even though none of us are in the office at all right now.
1: Yeah. And um, well, number one, that's kind of cool um, because I always wondered what it was like to work remotely for a really big company, especially like in the toy industry where there's constant collaborations. You're working with people, you're working with engineers, and then there's a lot of prototyping happening. Um, and um, yeah, and then number two, um, you know, it's it's just really interesting how this pandemic is changing the way that we work. It's changing the way that we educate ourselves, and um, it's telling us that it could work, right? That that is it is possible to do these things without having to go into a physical office. So yeah, um,
0: yeah, absolutely. I think that you know we really have shifted in a big way, and I think it's been you know, out of necessity, but I think that, you know, the result is, has been really great. And I think that, you know, it's to the point where I think before COVID, um, a lot of concerns were around you, like, oh, you know, you don't know what people are doing when they're working at home, you know, if they're actually doing the work. And I think that a lot of us have actually found that we're able to focus more when we're, you know, in our own homes and you don't have those daily distractions of a million things going on in the office. So as far as the actual design process and kind of how we've adapted um, it's been really interesting too, because the rest of my team is uh, still in Rhode Island. And so, you know, we're dealing with the time difference. Um, but we also, you know, we don't all have the ability to go into the office and review together uh, when we get samples back or, you know, when we are reviewing, um, you know, paint master, deco models, things like that. So, uh, I mean, the way that we've mostly been doing it, at least for me, uh, is that our, our teams will just send the prototypes to my apartment and then I'll go through and review and you know I have my set of Pantone chip books to check all my colors and make sure all the sculpts look right and um, it's been you know pretty much the exact same process for me personally as far as how we review the product I think that it's you know there are some times where the uh, point in the process where you see the physical model or see the physical sculpt uh, can be delayed especially for like lower priority items Um, Because like, you know, we're normally in the office, we would, you know, drop control drawings and then have CAD done up and then immediately have it printed and painted and be able to turn it around in our hands. You know, it's just not effective for us or, you know, efficient for us to be able to just ship models everywhere and make, you know, five copies to send to everybody on the team. Um, And so, you know, I think we have actually found some efficiencies in working from home that way too. Uh, But from a design perspective, uh, I think it's been pretty similar. Um, There are some areas where we've gone a little bit more digital, you know, instead of relying on those 3D models. And I think it's really shown us how we can be faster uh, and a little more efficient as a company too.
1: Absolutely. And um, yeah, no, that that sounds uh, quite amazing. And um, it's actually really cool that Hasbro is, you know, uh, shifting and changing and adapting to what's happening and, you know, obviously shipping some of these models to people's homes to continue the flow of work, and that is pretty cool to hear. Actually, right before the pandemic, I was in Toronto, like literally like a couple of weeks prior to the everything closing. I was in Toronto, and I had the opportunity to visit Spin Master, and I've visited, you know, other toy companies here in the states, and I've interned, you know, in Chicago. I I interned at Toomey. Uh, oh, nice. So, yeah, I totally know how things work, especially, you know, when you're working in the toy industry and um, just the studio is amazing, right? So, and that's something that it's really hard to to kind of replicate at home because you're, you're kind of yeah. missing that, um, that really nice, that, those, the, that, that energy, right? Um,
0: yeah, absolutely. It is a specific environment. And I think that, you know, some of that environment is what made me fall in love with toy design in the first place. And um, it's interesting right now because I'm actually managing uh, our team's co-ops. And so, you know, a lot of those come from UC, sometimes they come from other schools. But, you know, being on this side of the the co-op process and on the hiring side and on the management side, it's very interesting to see because so recently I was on the other side of that, you know, as a UC co-op co-oping at Hasbro and all of our co-ops, you know, the past... Two semesters of co-ops have been remote the next one's going to be remote because we're just trying to keep everybody safe and so it's been interesting to see us adapt that way too and I think one of the kind of losses that we do have there is they don't get the experience of being in the building because I remember uh, the first time I went in to Hasbro I did two co-ops at Hasbro when I was a student Uh, and, and the first one I remember walking in the door and seeing grown human people carrying around my little ponies and nerf blasters and being like, oh my God, I can't believe this is a real job. People get to just play with toys full time. And of course, you know, there's a lot more to the job than that. But there is something inherently just magical and just so fun about, you know, being surrounded by play and being surrounded by toys the whole time.
1: Absolutely. Um, yeah. And obviously, you know, as I'm interviewing you and and this is done through Zoom and I can I have your video feed and I can see your awesome toys in the background. <laughs> Um, if you're listening, you know, this is just super nostalgic because everyone here was born with a toy or a TV show. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I I honestly, when I went to school and, um, found out that I can design toys and I I was able to get an internship at Tomy, that's all I wanted to do. Like, that was like, oh, I want to go into toy industry and I want to be a toy designer. Um, and I grew up with a lot of the brands that Hasbro, uh, works in, you know, like Transformers and GI Joe and things like that. And, um, it's awesome. It's awesome that this can be a career path, right? Um, Yeah,
0: absolutely. And it's definitely not something that I really thought about going into design school to, um, to give you some background on kind of my, how I came to design because that, that's, uh, ties together to, to what we're talking about right now. Um, I grew up in a family of all, everybody has engineering degrees except for me. Um, I'm kind of like the lone creative person in my family who pursued it as a career. And um, growing up, you know, I thought I wanted to be an artist or fashion designer. And uh, I think when I started getting up to high school and it came time to choose a path, um, being in the context of my very STEM focused uh, math, science, engineer family, I was like oh my god like i'm so different i'm so special i'm artsy i'm gonna go to art school i'm gonna go to fine art um and then i actually went to uh the uc fine arts program for one year and realized that it wasn't really for me um and you know maybe some of that engineering brain was in there somewhere and i had just been suppressing it and pushing it down (laughs) and so after a year of fine arts at UC, I uh, transitioned into the ID program and decided to change my major. And uh, I guess the rest is kind of history because, you know, I've, I've gone on to graduate and get a, a job full time. Um, but I actually, when I was in uh, the ID program initially, I had a huge interest in transportation. Uh, so I went to Uh, I attended the transportation design program specifically for many years and was working mostly on, you know, some two-wheeled vehicles, so it was mostly where my interest was in car interiors and some, like, CMF, Um, and then I got my first co-op at Hasbro, and I decided that that's, this is what I want to do, and, you know, I really fell in love with toy design that way, and, uh, yeah, I did two co-ops at Hasbro, graduated, freelanced, got a full-time job, and uh, I've been here for about two years now and i think there's the thing that really drew me in and i think the thing that draws a lot of people into toy design is just that like inherent magic of getting to design toys and getting to create a thing that's going to go into a kid's hand and you know affect their childhood in some way and i think you know we all remember the toys that we grew up with as kids and have a lot of nostalgia for that and know maybe it's really famous stuff or maybe it's really weird niche stuff that only (laughs) a couple of people had but uh, we all remember that and have really fond memories so it's cool to think of toy design and uh, uh, our careers in toy design as really shaping uh, a piece of the experience of the next generation
1: absolutely and um yeah you hit on some really great points and i would love to dive deeper into your education at dap
0: totally yeah
1: because dap doesn't really focus um, in like toys or furniture. It's a pretty traditional industrial design program, right? Um, And I would love to hear um, because there's not very, there's not a lot of, schools here in the United States that focus specifically in toy design you know you have Otis in LA and then you have I think there's a toy design program at the Academy of Art in San Francisco and then you have you know FIT um, in New York Um, but if you are a design student and you happen to go to one of these traditional you know industrial design schools how do you really um, how do you how do you focus on if you become passionate in toys or in shoes you know or in something that's so niche that you know the school doesn't really offer a lot of resources. Um, yeah what does yeah, sure. do
0: yeah so I think at DAP you get a really broad variety of types of students and you get the the shoe guys who know that they want to do shoes going in and then you know they every single one of their projects is shoes or they apply to all shoe co-ops right uh, you have the car people who go into cars and they live and breathe cars and so that's what they do. Uh, And then I think you also get a lot of students that are the way that I was when I started, which is not knowing, having any idea (laughs) what I wanted to go into. And you know, I I knew I had a passion for design, but I didn't know exactly how I could apply that. And one of the things that really appealed to me about DAP was the fact that I didn't need to know right away. Um, And with the co-op program, I could really sample platter the broadest possible spectrum of job experiences before deciding which way to go. And so I think that, you know, there's a lot to be said for a really focused, targeted um, college, you know, a design school with really specific uh, instructors that have really, you know, specific experience in their fields. Uh, But I think that there's also something to be said for the broad nature of DAP's program and being able to go in and experiment. Because I mean, none of us, you know, who among us really knew exactly what we wanted to do with our lives at age. 17, 18, 19, and you get so many people changing their minds. So uh, I think the the course that I took actually wouldn't have been possible at a more targeted school. Mm -hmm. uh, And it really gave me the ability to experiment. As far as the ability to, uh, you know, the resources available to you uh, at a school like DAP, I think, again, like I've I've said before, I think the co-op program is the biggest part of that. And just being able to go out and get that experience, I think, you know, that's a million times more valuable than having a professor who is experienced, you know, rather than being able to go out in the field and actually experience it for yourself and learn it firsthand. So I think that's huge. I think that also, you know, it kind of varies from year to year and class to class, but uh, in our class, there was really, really heavy mentorship. Uh, And I mean that that came from the years above. And also, I think our year mentored the years below very heavily and had very close relationships with them. And so there were cases where, you know, if you're really interested in transportation and you know that one of the upperclassmen has had an internship at Ford or GM, you know, you can co- go and talk to them and talk to them about their uh, their experience and go to them with, uh, you know, to request critique or portfolio advice. So there's definitely, um, I think there's a lot to be said for the the co-op program as well as the mentorship for other students. And I think that we've also brought in uh, some really awesome uh, adjunct professors and uh, you know general professors uh, who do have some of that you know more targeted experience who can provide some of that here and there.
1: Absolutely, and I definitely agree with you. I think students um, can become well-rounded when they attend a more traditional program because then they're able to then also explore and uh, learn other disciplines that are not that are outside of design. Um, disciplines like anthropology or psychology or even engineering or business, marketing, you know, computer science, whatever the case may be, because those disciplines and, and that supplemental education can really take you far. And you can apply a lot of that information into your work. But also, who knows where you're going to be in 30 years? You know, like, are you going to be working for the same company, you know, in, the, in a very specific field? Yeah. And, and if you are, that's totally okay. But if you decide to change careers or, or if you want to now work in the furniture industry or now you want to go back to traditional consumer or housewares, you know, you you have that knowledge and ability to really be versatile. So yeah, you yeah. bring up a really good point. Absolutely. Um, yeah, nothing wrong either with the more focused <laughs> institutions. I think you can- Yeah, really-
0: absolutely. If you know exactly what you want to do, I mean, absolutely go for it. I think the- the thing for me is just the the flexibility of, of a more broad program, and I think that with every generation you see, you see fewer, you know, people going out into the workforce and doing their whole careers at one company, and you see people being more transient and you know adapting. And I think that having a school that does you know cater to that uh, really is is helpful, uh, and it takes some of the stigma away from changing your mind too. And one of the things too, that I think is really helpful with that is uh, DAP has the foundations program that's cross-disciplinary. And so the whole, at least when I was in school it was the whole first year, it might be a semester now uh, is kind of a a sample platter of, you know, projects that are more fashion oriented and more ID oriented and more maker, you know you're making more things with your hands. Uh, And so there is a little bit of the spread so you can get a taste for, you know digital design or working with soft goods or working, you know, to create a physical family of form uh, out of sculpting foam or something. And so you can get a feel for, you know, I want to do this. Am I good at it? Do I have the intuition for this? Or is this what I thought it would be? Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Um, And you, I mean, we, I've seen people change their majors after that first foundations course, because they go in and they have the opportunity. Whereas if you go in and you start fashion right away, you start ID right away, you know, you might not have that visibility until you're a year into your design schooling.
1: Absolutely. Um, all right, so now I have a set of questions and they could be rapid fire and um, just give try to provide your best answer and we can kind of go from there. But um, question number one, <clears throat> what challenges did you face after graduation from college?
0: Yeah, uh, that's a great question. I think that we all face a lot of challenges post-grad, most of us at least. Um, I think that there's that kind of looming anxiety of of getting a full-time job, of course. And uh, I freelanced, you know, in that gap. And I think learning how to manage my own freelancing was a huge challenge. I think managing my own time after being on such a kind of regulated Uh, school experience and school schedule uh, was was big. Um, That being said, I think that school really taught me a lot of those skills that I needed. uh, And I just had to translate them into the real world. But I was very lucky to graduate at a time when, you know, the job market was doing well. And there were lots of design jobs available. And uh, I was able to kind of tap into some resources at Hasbro and, you know, work to spread my portfolio around and, you know, uh, get get my name out there. So I was very lucky in the way that I think I had fewer challenges than most people, uh, purely out of luck (laughs) and circumstance.
1: That's fair. Um, Okay, question number two, who influences you?
0: Yeah, uh, that's a, that's a big one. Um, It's hard to say who exactly, because there's, you know, (laughs) influenced by so many different things all the time. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I'm a, I'm a big entertainment nut. I watch a lot of TV. I watch a lot of shows. Um, I've been really inspired by uh, cartoons lately, especially um, like kids cartoons with just have the most gorgeous color palettes. And, you know, I watch, I've watched a lot of like Shira and Steven Universe. And uh, right now we're working our way through Kipo on Netflix and just the, the ways that they are representing people and the ways that they are um creating such beautiful shows both like emotionally and visually uh is incredibly inspiring uh to pretty much everything i do
1: that's super awesome um that that's fantastic a, that's a great answer i i'm i i love uh avatar and legend of chorus oh so, so good <laughs> <laughs> we can talk about this all day yeah <laughs> Here's another question for you. What is something that sets you apart as a designer?
0: Yeah, uh, that's another great question. Um, I think I've had a pretty unique experience uh, and a unique path to becoming a designer full-time. And um, I think part of that comes from the fact that I actually grew up in Japan for about 10 years and moved around a lot when I was little. The um, parents are from the Bay Area. They're very California Asians, and you know, we just happened to be in Japan at the time when I was born. Um, but you know, we moved around from Japan to Cincinnati, Japan, Connecticut, Cincinnati, and then moving out to the East Coast, uh, paired with uh, the DAP program of moving every four months when you get co-ops. Right. Uh, I feel like there's an amount of adaptability that's just kind of bred into me <laughs> on some kind of deeper level. Um, and so, You know, even in times where you run into things at work or in your personal work, uh, where you run into roadblocks or someone tells you no, I think that I am very quick to, instead of just ruminating on that or getting down about that, I'm very quick to ask the question of what's next and where can I go and how do we come back from this? Uh, So, yeah.
1: That's awesome. You, um, yeah, that, that's fantastic. Actually, that is one thing I do appreciate about the DAP program. I, it, it sounds stressful um, <laughs> you know, moving around four times, five times, depending on how many times you get a co-op. But honestly, that I, I wish that I had that experience if I was a student, um, because it really moves you and, and gets you out of your comfort zone, you know, and, and, and it allows you to really step change not only like change in in what you're doing as far as working but also your environment and you got to go out and meet people and I think that's good for a young person so that that's pretty cool
0: absolutely soft skills everything
1: uh here's another question what is your dream job
0: Oh man, uh there's there's a lot of dream job that I'm doing right now, uh, to be honest. I know it sounds very cheesy and you know, <laughs> uh, but I think I, I am very lucky to be working where I am. Uh, you know, I'm working on the PJ Masks brand right now and getting to work directly with entertainment is awesome. Um, I think that I mean, anything in toy is pretty close to the dream for me and being able to kind of curate uh, the way that people interact with our brands and interact with the characters is just so fun, and I get to play with toys every day. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I think there's there's an amount of that that's definitely there. I think in the future, um, you know, I've I've always thought about working for myself. I've always thought about uh, going more towards the entertainment side since I do have a big passion for that too. But I think for me right now, I'm I'm in the dream. I'm in the dream spot.
1: <laughs> that's so cool, awesome if you weren't working in design, what would you be doing?
0: Oh, uh, wow. Probably be on the side of the road somewhere. Just, just waiting for something to to hit me. Um, I'm just kidding. (laughs) No, I, uh, I did really have a passion for fashion design before going into, um, ID and I still have, you know, I, I have a lot of love for fashion and a lot of love for styling. Uh, I love, uh, makeup work or makeup artwork Uh, but I don't think I'd be happy if I wasn't creating something I'll put it that way
1: (laughs) that's fair Um, yeah I'm asking you all these questions this is definitely not an interview you're not applying for (laughs) here's the next question Um, what is your favorite toy um, toy of all time Um, and this is not something that you worked on but like for you you know as I'm watching your feed
0: yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I have, I have a lot of them back here. I, I love collecting stuff and collecting vinyl. And to be fair, not all this collection is mine. Uh, my partner also collects toys, so I can't take credit for all of the toys behind me. Um, but I think, let's see, I'm going to throw it way back to the to the OG. Um, I, I loved uh, Tamagotchis growing up. And <laughs> having some, it was so like break frame at the time, and I just remember being a kid and wanting one so bad. And when I finally got one, it was everything. Um, and the the way that they were able to innovate at the time and create such an awesome experience that felt so magical uh was was really great I think looking back it's like oh my god this is like the most like 90s <laughs> thing to ever exist but it was it was amazing
1: <laughs> that's so cool did your tamagotchi did you keep it alive
0: oh absolutely not uh, <laughs> yeah it was it was bad <laughs> but I loved it
1: yeah it's really cool Um, And this is, we're arriving to our last question with everything that's happening. 2020 has been such an unpredictable year. As a professional, now that you're working at an awesome company, what is one piece of advice you would give students entering the work field, either recently, recently graduated, or, you know, about to graduate this upcoming May?
0: Yeah, uh, I think the biggest thing for me is just like communicate your work ethic, and I think that a lot of that goes to you know when you're first doing your first bit on the job, and you know you have your first days and are in that proving yourself proving yourself phase. Um, you know, just just keep pushing and keep making making it clear that you have an attitude of just can do, and I want to do the work, and I'm I'm here, and I'm excited to do it. And that goes, I think, way further than than you realize. And I think that as you know managing co-ops, you you really see that and you see the spectrum. Um, and the ones who always leave the biggest mark are the ones who just, I love this work, can I have another one? I'm done, give me more, <laughs> like that means the world. And I think that's, you know, assuming that you have all of the 2D and all of the hard skills, that's that's super important. And I think that also, you know, even though Hasbro is a corporation, it's still like, we, we're people <laughs> and we wanna see your personality and i think it's really easy to be really buttoned up and really professional and you know just i am i am the work and that's that goes it only goes so far you know and i i want to see who you are and i want to see why you design the way you are uh and yeah i think it's important to just not get lost in that and and maintain that piece of yourself
1: absolutely and i think also just be confident and trust your yeah. trust yeah, yourself sure. I think, you know, with the pandemic happening and everyone working from home, it is, I feel like this generation of designers, they are facing very strange times as far as employment Mm -hmm. Um, because we're all humans and I think we all have our insecurities. I remember going into my internship or if I just, you know, a new job and I was like, they hired me you know, for a specific reason. And now I got to bring that, I got to show them my value. And sometimes I would be like, okay, well, I'll figure it out as I go or on the job, I'll learn, I'll, I'll, I'll meet people, I'll, I'll pick their brain and I'll just continue to be better than, than the, you know, than the day before. And, and it's, it's tough. Now you can't do that. You, you know um, I have a friend um who is a student who graduated this past May, uh, this past May and went into the workforce and he's been working for this company um, from home has never I mean he's he know his, his he knows his uh co but I don't think he's physically met them um, but he's he's kind of like on his own because you lose a little bit of that um, valuable experience that you get in in-person you know, work environments. And, and like I said, we're human. So I'm sure there's times where a lot of people, first time designers in industry right now have that insecurity of, am I doing this right? You know, am I getting, you know, this mentorship and and all the things that come with working on site. Um, And for me, that, that is very, um, yeah, that, that can be very tricky as you're. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think that, I mean, you make a great point and the social aspect of work is huge and it can be really isolating, especially like if you're living alone um, and working from home to working remotely. I mean, you're just, you never see any real humans and you miss out on building those relationships and so I think um, one of the things that I've done actually with the co-op who's reporting me remotely this semester is just encouraging her to, to go out of her way to reach out to other people and you know, you might not have those chats to and from meeting rooms or at the water cooler, but that doesn't mean that you can't still build those relationships. I think you just have to be way more intentional about seeking out those conversations um, and going after the people and the mentorship, you know, that you want to have. And it's tough, especially, you know, when you're new or you're just an intern to, to go to the company and be like, hey, mentor me. But you know, it's uh, sometimes that's what needs to happen. And it shows that you are taking the initiative to, to build your skills.
1: Yep. Absolutely. Well, um, that wraps up our, um, interview Rin. Thank you so much for being on our podcast. We really appreciate it. As you can tell, you know, you're in sunny California, I'm in Chicago and through this whole interview, you just saw the sun go from like, you know, <laughs> to darkness. It was like, I lowered the lights, but I didn't. It's just this whole daylight saving things. is really killing me. Um, but thank you so much. Um,
0: yeah, of course.
1: Thank you for talking about your experience, and most importantly, uh, sharing what it was like being a student and, and adapting and, and going to to DAP and um and now working obviously your dream job. So it's it's really fun, and I'm sure a lot of of our uh, audience who are students are going to find that very exciting and also um, very encouraging. So um, yeah,
0: sure, it's been awesome uh, getting to chat with you, and I think you know, your your point about, that, you know, having student listeners just, I feel like I should also just say that um, I definitely didn't have a perfect path through school. And, you know, we all put a lot of pressure on ourselves to, to do everything perfectly. And just, you know, to all the students out there listening to this, take care of yourself, go get a coffee, go take a nap. <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, take those little moments of self care to not burn out because it's uh, it can be a real real sucker sometimes.
1: Absolutely. Um, well, thank you so much. And for those who are listening, uh, tune in to our next interview and have a good afternoon. Take care. Yeah, thanks
0: for having me. Thanks. Thank you for joining us today. Let's continue this conversation on our social media platforms. We're on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Discord. You can find us at Context with Advanced Design on Apple, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Context is produced by Advanced Design with editing and production by Batuel Benitez, and music by Shide from Pixabay.